This is Steeler Country, episode 169 for week 14, 2015, when the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Cincinnati Bengals 33-20, recorded December 14th, 2015. I said this, I think I said this two weeks ago, yes. but I think it bears repeating for tonight, which is that, uh, Steelers are not a finesse football team. And I know, you know, the, the play style that we play seems finesse, but this was a week where the Bengals came in and they had one singular game plan coming in this game, and that was to intimidate the Steelers, that was to be more physical than us, to be chippy, to hit us, to take us out of our rhythm. Uh, and boy, oh boy, did that blow up in their face. That did. I was, I was, Great to see. Uh, so, so to start the game, Dalton uh, Dalton gets hurt with a thumb injury after he tries to tackle to it. Uh, Perfect gets hurt. What seemed like every other possession, he was coming out of the game with you know concussion, this concussion, that, and he kept coming back in. Which I thought the concussion protocol said you had to stay out, but whatever. Um, I, Eifert leaves also with um, with a concussion, and then they had their safety Iloka, uh, who had like a stinger or something. The Steelers leave the game relatively healthy, though. Uh, the only real injury that the Steelers sustained in this game is Mike Mitchell had a shoulder injury, which he he had um, due to friendly fire when him and, and Antoine Blake collided when they were trying to tackle A.J. Green on the long touchdown. But otherwise, the Steelers come away unscathed. What I loved about this game the most, uh, and there's and I loved a lot of it, but I loved the kind of non the, the way the Steelers didn't really. There were times when we kind of got we got amped up and. and there was some silliness, but for the most part, they didn't really get. They weren't phased by the fact that the, the Bengals were trying to to intimidate them or, or trying to take them out of their rhythm. Uh, it just seemed like the Steelers are clearly the more mature football team. They've been here, they've seen this, and it's just like you know, it's like the little kid on the playground that just talks, 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 talks. You don't really care. No one cares. No one cares about that kid. No, yeah, That's the a good Bengals. Point. They came in with something to prove. And um, I think they convinced themselves. They convinced themselves of definitely what they're not, um, right? I mean, they came in. We're gonna like we're gonna knock the block off of these guys, and you know we're gonna show them how tough we are, and we're gonna out physical them. And, and it just didn't it didn't work out. It wasn't happening. And I don't think the Steelers came in to out physical anybody. The Steelers came in with a plan that they that they that looked like a lot of the other games that we've played this year. They tried to do. They tried to run their their plan, and they, and they did, and it worked. Um, and the Andy Dalton thing, I just don't, I ain't buying that he hurt his thumb. Come on, throws an interception, and immediately goes out of the game. Oh, oh, I hurt my thumb. Come <laughs> on, come on. <laughs> he, uh, I mean, they played that back fifty times, trying to figure out. Well, where do you think? He, where where could it happen? And they went back to other plays where he got. You know, he got tapped or something on a couple of plays before on a pass rush. And they're going, oh, maybe it was there. Maybe it was here. Oh, we just don't know. We can, we only, we're not, nobody sees anything. Yeah. So there was, yeah, you're, you're right. It does look very strange because it, his, his finger really doesn't get like, it looked like at first I thought, when I first saw the play, I thought, oh, his finger must have got caught in, in, uh, to its knee pad, you know, and, and then it bent and that's how it broke. Um, but that didn't really seem to be the case. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that Dalton's faking an injury because the, the reports are now that he has a fractured thumb and is going to probably miss at least the regular season, if not, you know, any sort of playoffs that the Bengals would play in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, clearly, you know, not a faked injury, but a, definitely a weird one. Um, 
you know, unfortunate for the Bengals. Unfortunate uh, that they lose their quarterback for uh, what's going to end up being four games. But I can think of another team um, that played on Sunday that also lost their quarterback for four games. Uh, and it didn't, you know, it really hasn't affected the season too much. Uh, we'll talk about the playoff implications of this game. But um, this was a total team stealer win. I mean, you know, the, the physicality wasn't just on, on, you know, our offense being able to move the ball against the defense that was, you know, trying to take them out of the rhythm. But the defense really imposed their will. And once again, we gave up no rushing yards and really put the entire game on A.J. McCarron to try and win the game for them. It was ironic how uh, Andy Dalton got hurt. I mean, it was great interception by Tewitt. I mean, to, to read it, to catch it, it's so rare that Wyman can catch a ball that's, like, thrown what seemed like three or four feet away from him. But that was great. And then uh, the way, I mean, Andy Dalton's trying to make a tackle on his own interception, he gets hurt. Could you imagine if the Steelers, someone like James Harrison, like, hit him high or hit him low, and that knocked him out for four or five games? I mean, this going back and forth between the Steelers and the Bengals, knocking star players out of their season. You know, Le'Veon Bell two times now, going way back to Carson Palmer. Yep. And I'm sure there's others noted, too. I mean, that that would have been, a, you know, a, a bigger story. But this is um, – it's just kind of ironic how it happened. And I mean, you don't want to laugh about a guy getting injured. But, you know, against a rival team, getting injured on making a tackle on your own interception, that's tough. Well, it was such a goofy interception that he threw. I mean, uh, Tuit was clearly in, you know in front of the running back. It was a great interception by Tuit, and it was just a very Andy Dalton bonehead interception. Uh, and then I, you know, he he parlayed that interception into uh, breaking his thumb, and it leaves the bang, it, you know left the Bengals and it you know it kind of left well it left the Bengals and it left the game in, in a very different situation. I mean, the Steelers at that point. Um, we're up seven nothing, which I think was a huge was a huge part of this game was how good the offense was early, which we haven't seen. Um, you know, we haven't seen a ton this year. The, the offense sometimes, you know, they don't get going right away. They don't. It's not like just come right down the field and score seven and then fourteen. Um, you know, they they start slow, they need a field goal, and then three and out. And, and the offense doesn't really ramp up until late in, late into the first half and then into the second half. But in this game, I thought it was really nice that the Steelers were able to get the ball, go down right right down the field um, with some pretty interesting play calling, too. I mean, you know, they were they were mixing run and pass. They were doing that the, the same stuff we've been seeing them do for the past couple weeks, which is get the ball to Heath Miller. Um, and then they were, you know, and they were also doing the, you know, what we've been kind of frustrated by, which is, you know, they, the third and one play, and it's a, it's a designed deep ball to Marcus Wheaton down the sideline in one-on-one coverage, but he comes down with it. We get a big play there, and Steelers drive right back down and get that touchdown. I thought that was huge in the momentum of this game because after Dalton's interception, uh, you know, he goes out, we go back down, we have 10 points. Now McCarron comes in, and, and you have the backup quarterback coming in, and your team's already down 10 points. That was big. Do you really think that was a design play on third and one, or do you think Ben saw something? He's like, hey, you know, if you guys are going to pinch up here on third and one, and I got one-on-one coverage on the outside, I'm going to take it every time. I don't care what the down and amount is. Yeah, you know what? You make a good point there. It could have been it could have been audible at the line. I didn't think about that, um, but it, it does seem like it's something that the Steelers are certainly comfortable doing uh, in those situations. It's something we saw them do against Seattle. We, we saw them do it against India. We've seen them do it a lot, especially uh, since since Roethlisberger came back from that injury. Um, third and short is, you know, doesn't mean just run a, a go route or run up the middle with your running back. Um, you know, the playbook is kind of wide open for this team, even on a third and short. 
Yeah, Ben's done done the third and short thing a, a number of times. And I do, I agree with Mike on that. I think it was an audible. I, I don't think it was. I, I was a little, you know, their Cincinnati's defense played pretty well against the Steelers. They, they really didn't give up a lot of a lot of big, you know, down, you know, long passes. Long, yeah, big plays. Yeah, we had to earn everything we got. Really didn't give that up. So that was their that was their plan. Um, just one last comment about the the way the Bengals came out wanting to out physical the Steelers. Um, you know, we, we didn't, I don't think the Steelers obviously weren't expecting that. And as fans, I, as a fan, I'm, I'm watching this. I'm like, what, what is going on here? This is so bizarre. Um, and, uh, it was all the, after the whistle stuff, you know, Yes. but, but I, but it, it made me recall, um, the one game that I, that I remember, um, of, of recent years where another team just said, Hey, you know, we're the, we're the badasses of the NFL, not the Steelers. Um, and we are going to out physical you guys. And, uh, this was a, this was a, I think it was a playoff game against a Rex Ryan led New York Jets team. Yep. Um, and the Steelers, uh, early in the game, I don't know if it was the opening drive, but it was very early in the game. It was the opening drive. Handed the ball off repeatedly. And I don't even know that this was in the, in the, it wasn't in the Bettis era. Bettis had already retired. No, it was Mendenhall. It was in the Mendenhall um, era. They just ran the ball like 15 consecutive times, and then and then they got a touchdown. And it was like the most physical thing you ever saw in your life, especially given the era that we're in. You know, where no one does a 15 play running. It was like watching Larry Zonka run the football. Um, and and I just I remember the Steelers totally out physicaling them. But that was one where it was telegraphed. You know, because Rex Ryan's teams, you know, himself, they just they're just diarrhea of the mouth the entire bunch of them. Um, and so they never shut up, and they, they telecast what they're going to do. So we were all looking for that coming into the game. Uh, this was just a just a surprise. Um, but I was I I was disappointed in that the Steelers could not find their way, you know, past the the secondary of the of the Bengals. Uh, I thought the Bengals did a good job their defense of of keeping the the Steelers, you know, underneath. Yeah, I think the you know the Bengals defense. I thought the one thing that was pretty clear in this game, and it was pretty clear early. I think the they, the Bengals really set the tempo early with their tackling. Um, there was a second and seven play. It was a second and seven right before Wheaton's long play down the sideline, where they, it was a little dump off to Heath, and he had a ton of room uh, down the sideline. Uh, where well, he had a ton of room on on his side of the field, and it seemed like he should easily get the seven yards. And as soon as he met with the the Bengal, um, and you know Heath is usually a guy who falls forward, and this was one where he stopped him in his tracks, stopped him for a third and one. I thought the Bengals did a great job of tackling. They didn't allow a ton after after the catch, and I think you see that if you look at Antonio Brown's stats. I mean, you know, you didn't have you didn't have bad stats, right? Seven seven catches, eighty seven yards, um, but a lot of those were you know catch and catch and tackle or catch out of bounds. There wasn't a lot of run after catch. I can only think of really one or two plays, and one of them was on the the touchdown, the first touchdown drive where. Uh, Brown caught it over the middle and then was able to get a big burst, but there really wasn't a ton of room there. And especially, and then you look at the way D'Angelo ran. Um, you know, D'Angelo had like a, a three-yard per carry average, um, and I think that's due to the fact that they just did a really good job of wrapping and and not letting um, D'Angelo get away. And, and a lot of our big playmakers who have the speed kind of burst to get away from these guys. They didn't they didn't allow it, and it forced the Steelers into some third-down situations. But before the game, I heard from someone like Jaworski that. During the first game, the Bengals played with two high safeties the entire time, and they basically, you know, dared the Steelers to do something else, meaning you're not going to go deep on us. 
and uh, and Jaworski, I think it was him, and he he was pointing out that was the demise of the Steelers in the first game because Ben kept trying to force it deep when it really wasn't there. And we all know that uh, you know Ben was coming back from an injury, and and that contributed right. to poor play as well. But anyway, uh, it just seemed like that they took note of that this time, and they they took what the defense gave them. And I thought they I thought they did play play pretty well on offense, moving the ball. I think the biggest factor was that we had to settle for so many field goals. I think we only had one offensive touchdown in what, like four or one offensive touchdown until the very end. Until the end, yeah. The, and then, and then, uh, you know what, three or four field goals. So, you know, and they, they, and they were, yeah, they were decently long field goals too. I mean, Boswell, you got to give credit to Boswell on those field goals because uh, it was there. It was some of those drives you could have very easily come away with no points. Um, yeah, the second drive. So the second drive, just we're going, we're going to go play by play here. The second drive was the one where we had the the penalty, where we it made it first and twenty five, um, and that kind of screwed up that entire drive. We were at the twenty. It was first and ten from the twenty six, then all of a sudden you have first and ten from the forty one, and it's first and twenty five, and so they end up settling for uh, a field goal there. Um, the second drive is the one where we threw it deep to Bryant in the end zone. I don't know if you guys remember that play. The Steeler Depot was making a huge deal about how it was pass interference, which I guess on replay, it didn't look like pass interference on the play itself, but I guess on replay, it was, I guess it was... No, but, yeah, I noticed that too. I mean, basically, Bryant's getting covered by the cornerback, and the safety's coming over, and the safety cuts off the ball and makes the interception, right? That's what we're talking about? No, this is, this is, this, this is, no, no, not this one, this is one earlier, this is where we got it, we ended up with a field goal on the drive. Oh, okay. This is the one where Bryant's, Bryant, uh, is trying to come down with it, and the defender gets both his hand, one on Ben or one on Bryant's shoulder, and one on his arm. You know, maybe a second, but maybe a split, a half second before the ball gets there. But like on replay, if you slow it down, it, it definitely looks like uh, pass interference. Live, when I saw the play live, I didn't really, I didn't really think pass interference at all. But I guess in retrospect, you know, the play was pass interference. And then Ben took that sack on third and eight, a very strange sack because he had all day to throw, and he kind of looks back at the defender, and instead of throwing it away, he just. Gives himself up on the sack. That was a weird one. Um, there were times in there, and I think it was more after Villanova went out, Villanueva, yeah. uh, that he just seemed didn't like he wasn't trusting the line. Like he was just kept looking at his pass protection instead of looking downfield the time. Yeah, and the, the Tomlin talked. Yeah, Tomlin talked about that. He, he said, you know, the second half was was way tougher for the offense because um, situationally it got it got tougher, and they were bringing more pressure, and the pressure was getting there. Due to, you know, the line play and just the situation, um, that moving the ball later in the game became more and more of a challenge. But it's interesting, and I, and I sent you guys this text as we were watching the game, because it, 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 occur, it did occur to me during the game that I, I, I thought to myself, I, I think it was after we made the score, it was like, the score was 26, it was, we were kicking our, uh, what was it, third or fourth, I think it was when we were kicking our fourth field goal. And I thought to myself, this, this team's gonna score like 30 again, or 29 or 30. They're gonna score around there. And yet, we're gonna we're gonna go back and we're gonna go. You know, offensively, we could have done better. Like we, you know, this wasn't this wasn't good. Like this wasn't our our best our best performance. And yet, the streak of in fact, it's it's now a franchise record. The Steelers have scored thirty points in five straight games. Of just no Steeler team in history has ever done that. Um, and I think it's interesting that we come on the podcast. We go, you know, it could have been better. Yeah, I'm not I'm not satisfied. Well, you talk about, you know, all the field goals. That's, that's one reason. And I talked about earlier, you know, they kind of, they, they kind of took away, they, they dictated to us a little bit on defense. But that being said, though, I mean, I, it was very exciting to watch Ben. I mean, Ben, this game, to me, this was, 
you know, we always talk about all oh, this one was taken over by uh, Le'Veon, and this one was taken over by uh, Bryant had a couple of games like that, and we had a Wheaton game, and we had a we had a little bit of a, a Heath Miller game, and we had lots of Antonio Brown games. Um, and of course, Ben is involved in all of those, but this one in particular was all about Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, he he played that Cincinnati Bengal defense like a maestro. Um, and, and I, and I, I actually said that to myself during the game. I'm like, I, I am watching a veteran Steeler quarterback who is at the, at, he is, he is so wise about how to play in this league. And he's, and he, and, and what was making me think that was all the, all the conversions of third down, especially early in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, third and short, third and kind of medium, third and a little bit long. He's converting all of them. Um, and and his audibles, and he's you know he's looking at the defense, and he's going, I I know what to do here. Um, he wasn't fooled by anything that they did. He did he he had the discipline to take what they were giving him. He distributed the ball everywhere, so that there was there was no place they were, they couldn't take any one thing away. So they had to settle for we're going to take away the deep pass. And 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 I think the running for uh, Williams as a result of all the distribution and the we're going to take away the deep pass because we're they were deathly afraid of that and rightfully so. Uh, opened up the running game a little bit for for uh, for D'Angelo. So, uh, but this game I think is all, was all about Ben Roethlisberger on offense. It was all about Roethlisberger. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And the third down conversion, the Steelers did a really good job in situational football um, throughout the game. Really, I mean, you know, other than the red zone off, I mean, I think I think being able to finish drives was really the and, and finish drive for seven and not three um, was really the one. Part of this game that you could say, okay, that was that was not ideal, but you're right. Third down conversion ratio was was fantastic. He didn't he didn't turn the ball over in big spots. We did not, you know. And I, I said this last week. I don't think the Steelers lose again if they don't turn the ball over, or if they don't if they don't lose the turnover battle. Um, and, and, and one other thing, one other like kind of you know kind of disappointing mark on the offense in this game. No two point conversion. I think but, I think that's because might be the first game without a two point conversion. I don't know that. Well, first game with Ben, I think that we didn't do one. That's a good question. I mean, they made it, you know, six nothing early in the game, and in previous games they went for two immediately right there. Why do you think that they didn't? I mean, was this game too big to to have to uh, risk that one point that you might need later against your division rival? Yeah, I think I think if you look back at the first game, the, the first game, the, the final score is sixteen to ten. You know, every every point in that game mattered, and I think. Um, I think I think Tomlin, you know, just calculated risk there. I think he would have gone for it if we had scored another touchdown. If Dalton doesn't get hurt, if we go down and we make the score, and it would have been it would have been fourteen to nothing. I think he would have tried to make it fifteen. And he would have gone for that one. But I think it. Okay, yeah, I don't think I. You're saying like once he got comfortable, yeah, we can really move the ball on the team and get a second touchdown early in the game. So if I don't get that right two point conversion, I can have to get up later. Exactly. It might yeah, have something to do with the pass protection too, Villanueva going out, because they were putting a lot of heat, and, you, and a lot of times on those two point conversions, Ben waits, 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 then he, then he, then he goes. Yeah, so you can get a little time. And they might, they also might not have been as as uh, sure of themselves in short yardage situations, which is you know goes back to the throwing the wheat deep, right? You can't throw the wheat deep on the two yard line, um, and you kind of have to have good short yardage plays there. I don't know. It's, it's inter- it is interesting that we didn't go for two. Um, and you know, I think it, it gives credit to the Bengals' defense, and we'll, it'll, I'll be interested to see if we go for two this week against Denver, because um, you know the, the crazy thing about it is, you know, the Bengals are ranked the number two defense in football, and now we're going to play Denver, who's the number one ranked defense in football. Um, and, you know, 
considering what we did, you know, the off, what the offense did with Seattle two weeks ago. I mean, we're you know we're playing against three of the best defenses in the NFL. I mean, Seattle clearly the worst of the three, but uh, you look at what Seattle's doing to teams now. I think in retrospect that game looks a lot better than it does, especially offensively. Um, but I, I do want to go back for a second with the, the turnover ratio thing. I said I said a couple weeks ago, and I said last week. I said last week that if the Steelers not lose the turnover battle, they do not, they will not lose uh, another game this year. This was a, this was a game in which we clearly won the turnover battle. Um, we had uh, one turnover in this game. They had three. Uh, the Steelers for the season uh, in games that they in games that we've won. We have taken the ball away 20 times and turned the ball over 10. So we have a 2-to-1 ratio. In games that we've lost, Steelers have turned the ball over 11 times and only taken it away 4. So it's about 3-to-1 in the opposite direction uh, in games that we lose. And, I, and, you know, in this game, it was – this game, the turnovers you – know, the turnovers, if you want to look at something and just say this was the difference in the game, clearly the Dalton injury changed the entire complexion of the game. But the turnovers that the defense was able to get, the, the 2 at interception saved at least a field goal, potentially a touchdown. William Gay's pick six. We need to talk about that because that's one of the best celebrations I've ever seen in my life. And 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 I, the Antonio Brown ones are up there too. But William Gay is just great. And then the third one, the the, the game sealer. Um, you know, all three of those gigantic. If the Steelers continue that going forward, uh, you know, again, I, I maintain they. I don't see how we lose the football game. Hey, I just want to comment on. Uh... Ben's performance and what Joe, just to piggyback on what Joe said, I really think Ben, I mean, over the last two years, he's really come into his own. And uh, and Joe's correct in this last game. It really showed because didn't he start the game like 18 of 20 or something really yeah, great? Yeah, no, like basically no incompletions, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was great. And uh, and so he is at the top of his game right now. He, he, he understands it, mind and physicality and everything. And he's got all the weapons now and they're on the same page with, with Haley, so that part's great. And going back to what you were asking about the offense, it was disappointing mainly because of all the field goals. And the other thing is, you mentioned they scored 30 points, but you just pointed it out there. The offense didn't really score 30 points. We got you know, seven points from the defense. Yeah, so the, yeah, yeah, the offense ends up scoring 26 out of the, 26 out of the, the 33. Um, no, I, I agree. I, listen, I agree with you guys that, that I, look, I wrote, when I wrote the text message, I wasn't saying I don't, I don't agree. I agree. The offense, this was a this was this was an off game for the, for this offense, right? And what's crazy is if you look at the if you look around the NFL, look what off games look like for those offenses. Off games for the Steelers look like, eh, you know, we only scored twenty six. We only were able to put up twenty six, four field goals. I'm not happy with that performance. Um, I, I just think too that it speaks to the quality of of where this team is right now. Um, you know, there's not a lot. There's a lot of teams in the NFL that would settle for for twenty six points from their offense. Right, and and I think the scary thing for the rest of the NFL is that this this offense can and probably will do better, you know, as we start to play as we're not you know if we're not playing on the road against a division rival who has a really good defense, and I think I think we'll I think we'll do better this week against the best defense in football just because we're playing at home. Yeah, I'm not too worried about our offense against the Broncos defense, but I mean AJ McCarron came out and and granted they have AJ Green, he's tough to cover. But he threw some – I mean, they they were shredding our defense here and there. You know, they couldn't keep it up consistently. And uh, so two things I worry about. Number one, the Steelers' defense playing against a good quarterback in the playoffs. And number two, you know, we think the Bengals are on the demise now. But A.J. McCarron is not afraid to throw the ball, kind of like our guy, um, Landry. Landry. And 
if they get some time, you know, they get some time in practice with, uh, um, I just said his name. McCarron. Alabama court, McCarron. You know, they, they might be a formidable team still. And, uh, you know, they could be something, too. I mean, because they have a lot of weapons, too. So it looks like he's not afraid to throw the ball. But if we play them again, you just got to believe our defense will just do what they did. I mean, they'll confuse them. Sooner or later, they're going to confuse them. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I, no, I think you're right. I think McCarron did, did have some success in this game. I mean, the guy threw two touchdowns. Well, one of the touchdowns was, you know, by the way, game is already over, but we'll let you have another one touchdown. Um, yeah, no, he, he did, he did well. I think he, he was able to find, the first, A, number one, what he did, which is what Landry did, was, you know, Landry kind of found his rapport with Ben and Bryant when he got in, right? And which is, obviously, if you're a backup quarterback in a great offense, that's the first thing you need to do is you need to find your A guy and just go to him. Um, and I think McCarron did that well. I mean, the, the A.J. Green touchdown, you know, anybody, I could have thrown that past A.J. Green, right? I mean, the guy was, he was just wide open. Uh, Blake bit on the double move. I mean, Blake is Blake. Um, but no, I, th- I think you're right. But I, the, the thing I will say, though, about the McCarron thing is like, yeah, he, he had some good plays and he had some good passes, but like, so, you know, a lot of, a lot of quarterbacks have had a lot of good plays and a lot of good, uh, passes against this defense. The, the, the problem is with our defense, you have to score against it. If you, there are some quarterbacks that can come in and they can score. And then there are quarterbacks like AJ McCarron that can look good or look decent, but then you, they end up throwing that interception or they end up fumbling or, uh, they end up settling for field goals. Um, and with our offense, you can't do that, right? You have to, you have to go punch for punch with us. Otherwise, you, you're going to fall behind. I want to hear Joe's comments on that because I know Joe was pretty upset during the game about, you know, what the defense was giving up. <laughs> uh, it was, it was extremely disappointing. Um, because this is a, uh, I guess I've been convinced now he's not actually a rookie quarterback. I don't know that he's ever, and I guess he, he's, has he thrown any passes in the NFL? I don't remember ever seeing his his name called in the NFL. Yeah, so he's he's a second. I looked this up, so I know you and I had this conversation the other day. Um, no, McCarron is second year. Second, this is his second year. He's uh, and he's played um, only one other game. He threw four passes. He threw four passes before today. Okay, so I mean, he's a you know he's a young man of some of some talent. I mean, maybe they have a little talent there. Um, but uh, so he comes in the game. And, you know, he, he's hot and cold. He's Jekyll and Hyde. He's not, he's not, you know, white hot, but, uh, but he's not horrible either. I mean, he's not, you know, uh, so he, he makes the one big play, uh, on Blake. And then, you know, to make it worse, the defensive back and the safety crash into each other, tackle each other, and Green gets a touchdown out of the damn thing. He probably wouldn't have got a touchdown if, if they could have just made that tackle. Yeah. Um, so the defense was, the defense against a very inexperienced quarterback in a big division game like that, you know, where the other team is is shocked into, hey, we just lost our our guy who's who's brought us all this way, um, the, and the defense's inability, really inability to to have a just a fun fest on this guy is very disappointing, um, and it and it's just very telling about how far off of being a great defense this defense is. It's way off. Really? Why did the three interceptions count? The defense was disappointing. Uh, you know, I mean, their, their inability to to ignite a fun fest on a on a um, inexperienced quarterback like that. I mean, this is very. You're talking about four passes in the NFL, a second year guy. Okay. What? And what? against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, 
This defense is way off of a great defense. There's no great defense that's going to allow that to happen. Allow what secondary, to happen. the secondary is, is way off and needs lots of work. The linebackers are probably pretty good is what I, that's about where I was at. And then the, and then the, I think the line is, is actually, I think we got some quality there, but, um, uh, no, you, you can't, but you, and then you started to go off on me about the, what about don't the three interceptions count? Wait, well, yeah, that's of my question. They count. Of course they count. But the, but the thing is, it, they're negated by, you know, second play from scrimmage, touchdown. Okay? Well, I mean, what the hell? You talk about a confidence right, That's a top five wide receiver. And he, uh, he, he, it wasn't a McCarron. It wasn't a McCarron throw. It was A.J. Green just beat you know defender. You know how uh, they, these, the best receiver in the NFL is on our side of the ball. Okay? And when our guy, Ben, is out, our backup guys can't find Antonio. Antonio Brown, okay, if you, if you gave him, if you drew him a picture and a map and, 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 you know, put him right in front of him, they can't do it, okay, and this guy does it on play number two for a touchdown. Do you think? Come on. Right. Okay. Well, let me ask you this then. Okay. This is an interesting. No, no, this is an interesting point. I, I do. Want, that is a confidence builder. Does okay. That that everything else that he did with confidence after that, up until the pick six, all came from that one throw. Do do, are, do the Cardinals have a good defense? Like, did, does what Landry Jones did to them, right? Because Landry came in through two touchdowns, including the game winner. Uh, one to both to Bryant. Uh, uh, listen, if, I, I, if I'm on the other side of that, yeah, I'm, I'm pissed. I'm like, who the hell is Landry Jones? What 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 the hell happened? Because I, I will concede to be a good defense. Yeah, I will concede to you that our defense is not is not a top five defense, not right? A top and that, 10 and that, so, okay. but, but but I don't think this was a bad game for the defense. I think the defense won us this game. No, the offense won the game. The offense won. The, the offense held the ball. The offense, the offense demoralized their team. The, the offense, the offense took on the better part of their, their offense. I know everybody makes all their weapons and all that, but their defense is, I think, what carries them. Um, uh, and they came in with a, with a, with a superb defensive plan. They executed on it, um, against the best offense in football and, you know, the best offense in football because the rules are all in the offense's favor. You know, nothing you can do about it. But I want to say about, uh, you know, just to, just to do a little, just to rain on the, on the Bengals parade, they think they got something in McCarron, and they probably do. The problem is they're not, they don't have it next week. I warned Steeler fans about Landry Jones in game number two. I kept saying, what about Mike Vick? When are we going to get Vick back? Okay, cause, cause you come in off the bench, there's nothing to think about. It's like, oh, I've thrown four passes. I don't even remember when I threw them. I remember being on the Crimson Tide and, you know, taking the, uh, the top cheerleader and I don't really think about football very much because I never play. Oh, so all of a sudden, uh-oh, got to go in the game. Okay, there's no time to think about it. You just go and do. You're acting on instinct. You're not all, all worked up. You're not overthinking it. Next week, A.J. McCarron, don't expect big things out of A.J. McCarron unless you're playing against him. Then you, then you, then you should feel lucky. Okay, because game number two, totally different story. The defense will will be will plan for him. They will be ready for him, um, and he has no experience. And he will he will be taking all the reps this week. He'll be thinking it, overthinking it, and 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 he'll be thinking in the pocket when he should be instinctually acting in the pocket like he was against the Steelers because there was no time to think. Um, it's all over. It's all over. Bengals. Bengals. I don't know who they play, but unless their defense wins the games. But, you know they're gonna have to win, you know, nine to six, stuff like that. They play, yeah, they play the 49ers this week. They got they they go to San Francisco. It's a it's, they could lose that game. They right, could it's me. Game. It actually doesn't matter. The steal for the Steelers. If you're 
just rooting and rooting interest for the Steelers, it actually the game is meaningless. But I agree, I agree they could go and lose. It's actually not meaningless because the Bengals have this weird scenario where they could miss the playoffs now. It won't happen, but they could if they lose every game. Um, um yeah, I, I think um I, I don't know. I I, I disagree with you, Joe. I think I think the defense had a very good I think this is a very good outing. Anytime you get three turnovers, it's a, it's a good game for your defense. Regardless of if you gave up a whatever it was, sixty yard throw to AJ Green. I, I think if you're going to say the defense had a bad game, you're you're, you're discounting the three interceptions. Well, um, sin, Tony. Some sins are mortal sins, unforgivable. Okay, and do, that that uh, play number two. That's unfor- That taints everything else that happened. It can't though, because the defense ended up like with the biggest plays in the game, the biggest plays, the splashiest plays, the the change of events plays were the interception by Tuit. The pick six by Gay, and then the the seal the deal interception by Golden. Okay, interception by Tuit, uh, best play of the game for the Steelers. Oh, very okay. most important play of the game. I'll give you that. Yes. That was greatness. But Tuit, Tuit's one of the great players. He's one of the one of the people I would look at the defense and say that guy is maybe a Hall of Famer someday. Oh wow! Okay, all right. Maybe a little, I mean, a little maybe a little hyperbole little, right there. It's a little yeah. early. Little early. Early. Well, you want you saying, and Jeremy Shockey you know, on that one? When you look at your defense, what well, would you say of that about Cam Hayward? No, Cam Hayward's not Hall of Fame ready. I mean, he's he's one of the best five players on the defense. He's one of the best players on the defense. Yeah, he actually right. probably so, is the best player right now. He's playing very. He, no, he, the band plays very good football. Okay, it's just that so, you know Hall of Fame for that kind of position is you know you got to step it up a little bit. But also, you got to do. You got to have some longevity. So these guys are so young; they got a long way to go. You know, I'm we, just we, saying they're playing. They're playing at a level that's making a difference for the Steelers' defense. And that play by Tuit, that was, you know, that's some heads up stuff, man. I wonder if he learned that from uh, James Harrison. And then the one by the one by Gay. Oh well, it was it was very it was actually very reminiscent of that play because it was yeah not the run not the return but no. the actual way that he dropped back off the line, same way Harrison did. Almost the same spot on the field. Right. Different play. It was a different play, though. It wasn't. Right. I mean, two it didn't really same. back up, but he didn't. He didn't rush. He kind of walked into the interception. Um, I do want to talk about William Gay because we've been saying all Gay. Where is you know because Blake is so bad. You know, Blake statistically. I mean, it's been said a billion times by a billion different Steeler guys, but Blake is the most targeted, worst, highest quarterback rating, most targeted cornerback in the NFL. Antoine Blake, right? And because of that, William Gay gets. Like, no coverage in the game. No one even looks. He's basically a shutdown corner, but only because Blake is Blake. <laughs> in the worst way. Right, right. <laughs> William, William Gay is a true shutdown corner like, because so it's not worth put, looking uh, his way. So what you're saying is that Tony, Mike, or Joe could go in and, and play Gay's position. Right. Okay, and be a shutdown corner. In the He's NFL. a shutdown. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing opposite of uh, Antoine Blake, you're a shutdown corner. As long as Blake's on the other side. But I was happy to see, you know, because last year Gay had like five interceptions all for touchdowns or whatever the stat was. Um, you know, he had a great year last year. And this year, he's been extremely quiet. Um, and finally, finally, William Gay gets his. And look, this was this was a, okay, if we're grading it out, like, was it just a terrible throw by McCarron or was there some... Greatness on the part of Gay. Um, I would rate it like 70% bad throw by McCarron, 30% like great awareness by Gay to step in front of it and go for the six. Um, so, did I hear here, this right? 
did did he tie Rod Woodson's um yes. pick six record? Yes. For the Steelers, so it's tied now. I think they had seven or eight. Uh, six. I think it's six and six. No, Rod, Rod I think had seven. Seven so is seven and seven. Yeah, they must have seven now. Seven and seven. Yeah. So they both Rod have probably seven. had some uh, punt returns as well. Oh, yeah. No, no, right. pick sixes. We're talking. We're no, I know. Pick six for touchdown. R- right, but I mean, I think Rod had like a total of like eleven or twelve returns. Oh, I got you. Oh, okay. Noting, yeah, like with four or five. Yeah, with the returns in there. Gotcha. Well, one thing on that inter- on that interception that you forgot to mention here was uh, I agree with you, seventy percent McCarron, thirty percent Gay. But I guess we'll have to divvy up some percentage here for James Harrison. He put the pressure on McCarron such that he had to rush his throw and couldn't step into his throw, and it was a weak throw. Well, McCarron has three. Really yeah, the, the I agree. Yeah, Harris, yeah. The uh, McCarron does have kind of a weak arm, though. Like overall, like when he was coming out of college, one of the things was he has a weak arm. Um, but yeah, uh, the pressure. You know, we didn't get as much pressure as I thought we would in this game, especially against McCarron. We ended up dropping a lot in coverage. We we used our dime. The Steelers have only used their dime package four times this year, uh, like four different plays, and we used it three times against uh, Bengals this week, where we brought out, we took out a linebacker to bring in another defensive back. Do you think William Gay was thinking like as that play was going on and he and starts to develop that you know I'm going to make a move on this ball because I saw one of those bobbling heads on TV before the game talking about McCarron having a weak arm. Do you think you, you remembered that? <laughs> that made him make that move. I think uh, I think any I think he couldn't help but make that. I mean, it was one of those things where that's what I was saying. It's like thirty okay. percent Gay because yeah, you know. That yeah, ball hung uh, in the air forever. I, I you, if you ask William Gay what's the easiest six points you ever scored in your life, he would say, well, last Sunday. Yeah, probably okay. McCarron. And, and I think if you ask, you know, Rod Woodson, hey, what's the easiest six six points you ever seen scored in your life, I think he'd say that play. Come yeah. on. That was – it was uh, – of all the pick sixes I've ever seen, that was – it was almost like – I mean, it's exciting, but it was, like, hard to cheer for because it was like – it was like you just, like – you just like stole cookies from the Girl Scouts in front of the supermarket, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're like patting yourself on the back here. Yeah, tis the season. It was gift wrapped. Yes. And how about that celebration? I mean, look, we've had some great celebrations this year. All of them from Antonio Brown. Um, the 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 front flip, full speed front flip, is still my favorite of the year. I mean, it's still the most athletic thing I've ever seen a football player do on the field. Um, the jumping into the into the goalpost last week was just weird, but this one is. I feel like this is an all time classic clip of a highlight because of how it went down. First of all, it goes on forever. Every time they cut back to William Gay, he's still dancing with someone. He's finding someone else to dance with, and the you know the, just to top it all off, the icing on, on on this whole thing is is how the 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 ref comes on and goes. Uh, it'll be 15 yards for excessive celebration. Uh, we'll force it on the kickoff. And it cuts back to Gay and Joey Porter, of all people, who were like crab walking and then hug on the sideline. And they're still celebrating. <laughs> Great. I well, love the, it. I, the best part for me was when the, the announcers were like, this is just, yeah, they were saying something about it. Yeah, it's a bit excessive. Yeah. This is a bit over the top or whatever, whatever Gumble said. <laughs> That's funny. So, uh, so we had a kickoff from the 20 or the 15? Yeah. And where did they end up getting the ball? I don't remember the, uh, like the 30? Cause we had a, we had good, our special teams was really good in this game. Outside of one, there was one kick return they had that was decent. I think it was the first one. After we scored the touchdown, I think they, they got it back. Uh, oh, but they, they ended up getting called for a block in the back on that one. Um, 
And then our oh, you know who was a, a, a the unsung hero of this game is our punter because and Tomlin talked about this during the press conference today. But uh, at the end of the first half, we go uh, we go field goal uh, or we go we punt, but we down them at the five, and we sh- where we you know we should have gotten a field goal, but we had we had ended up having to punt. But it was a short punt, but he downed it at the five. We go three and out, we get the ball back, boom, we go back down, we get a field goal. We make yeah, we six, wanted, 16 right. to 7 at the half instead of uh, 13 to 7. That, that was huge because when we had a punt, we didn't want to punt, we wanted to score. Right. And that, and, and the punt was good enough to get the ball back, make them go three and get the ball back and score, and, and they did. Yep. That was good. You know, I was um, a little worried during this game. I don't know if you guys were, but when we were up by 16, and Marvin Lewis took some criticism for not going for it on like a fourth and three and kicking a field goal. And there was like the whole fourth quarter was left or 10 minutes, something like that. I was worried with a 13 point lead because I was worried about, you know, AJ Green can get a long touchdown at any point. Right. And if they, and if they get within six with two minutes left, three minutes left, anything like that, you know, fluky crap happens. And when we had this game won and it should have been way over. You know, as soon as the ball went out, basically, and for them to have that chance to be within 13 and then to get within six with two or three minutes left, I was worried about that. I did not like, I, I did not like that, uh, you know, that they closed the gap within 13 with the whole quarter left. Yeah, yeah. that's what I kept bitching about. They kicked why, the field goal, yeah, 10 minutes left. Why can't yeah. we open up a three-score lead on these guys? And that's well, we why did. I said, that, you know, the, the whole thing was just a little disappointing because, you know, it should have become it should have become much easier than it was once uh, a, a, the AJ uh, Green, right? Karen, no, well, no, AJ Green, Andy, yeah. Andy, 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 uh, Andy went out of the game. I got two. There's too many A's and AJ's. Andy, AJ, and AJ. Yeah, yeah. two uh, AJ's. So once once Andy was replaced by AJ, uh, it should have it should have got much easier than it did. Right. Um, so doesn't that worry you in the playoff? Oh, go ahead. Well, uh, yeah, let's go there. But before I, I want to, I, I have to get in my dig on the. You know, we comment, we complimented the punter and the and the, the field position at the. And that was a that was a phenomenal punt. And I think it was down on about the two or three yard line, not the five yard line, um, if I'm if I'm recalling it correctly. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah, you're right. The the, the special teams, the return teams, uh, are, are bad. Um, really? The, the well. The the kick coverages. How many times did it look like the, the you know the sea was parting, and then you know one guy would come in and make the and save the what would seem to be a touchdown. But the, look, the Steelers the Steelers when they run it out of the end zone, they rarely get it past the twenty yard line on kickoffs. Uh, and opposing teams rarely get stopped inside the twenty yard line. They're usually twenty five, thirty yard line, thirty five yard line like that. Um, and I I just think there's a there's Problems with the special teams. Um, they they were evidenced earlier in the year with the kicking game, and then uh, this this guy uh, Jacoby. Um, you know, and then when they picked him up, and just the special teams the special teams are worrying me. Um, they're gonna they're gonna cost us a game somewhere, um, or they're gonna yeah. By even even if it's not purely in points, there's big momentum shifts. You know, you go you go down, score a touchdown or a field goal, and then kick off, and then, bam, you get one returned on you. That's a big momentum shifter. It is, but I don't recall that. Yeah, I'm looking I'm looking now to see which one. I think the one you're talking about, Joe, is the first one. And I agree. The first one, yeah, the C parts, but they got called for blocking the back um, on that one. That that one, he, he went to, like, the 50, but they called it back for blocking the back. 
Um, the best starting field position they had other than that one, I mean, that one they would have started at the 50, they ended up starting at the 10. Uh, the, the best starting field position they had other than that was the 32. I mean... Hey, so. what, we haven't did mentioned they, that. On, on kickoffs, did they have any inside the 20 besides the penalty? Inside the 20? Uh, I mean, all the, all the other ones were touchbacks, it looks like. There was one we tackled them at the 21. The 21 and the rest were touchbacks. 32, right. 21, everything else was a touchback. Well, maybe I'm too highly critical. Hey, as exciting as it was to see uh, Jesse James over the last couple of weeks, man, it was just great to have Heath back. He is just such a beast. He does everything. He blocks. He catches. He he gets extra yards when he shouldn't. I know you pointed out that one tackle that you know maybe he should have got more yards, but for the most part, the guy just digs out catches and just gets yards. He had ten catches for sixty six yards. A bunch of those were first downs. I think the guy's amazing. We really need him. And you know what? And he, you know, he was. This is another one of those chippiness things. They were going after Heath. Um, they were going after a lot of people. There was a lot of dirty plays in this game by the by the Bengals. I mean, they were going after Ben's legs. They were going after Heath. Um, you know, they were there were some huge hits on Heath in this game. There was one where they where the guy clearly went for ben, for uh, uh, Heath's knees when he had to go up and get it, and the two guys collide uh, at Heath, and he flips over. Um, if you listen, you know, there's a video, there's a great video, great video on Steelers.com. Uh, it's the around the locker room after the game video. And Heath has some great comments in that one where they talk about, oh, you know, oh, you're chipping this bother, you're doing that. And the look on his face, the whole, you know, he just has this kind of nonchalant, like, what do you, no. None of that stuff, you know, we play between the whistles, everything doesn't matter, nothing else matters. Like, we're just going out there to win. Um, he's such an awesome player. And he had, and he had the, the most, uh, catches in this game too, 10, 10. Ten catches for sixty-six um, on ten yeah. targets, no drops. Yep, and now I see Ben's stats: thirty of thirty-nine. I mean, that's those are great stats. So, as I was uh, I was mentioning earlier, I mean, the Steelers are getting a lot of national talk now. That you know, the, the big thing is, oh, if they get in the playoffs, they're a team to watch, and they you know they're a team that could make it all the way. Uh, aren't you worried though about the defense and and giving up the the big plays and being able to you know offense being able to keep up with that? I, really I, I, th- I mean, you guys know my take. If it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. If the C, see, I, I, I know we talked about this earlier in the year, like, you know, where the Steelers defense plays with fire with this and we give up too many yards, you know, Menzel threw for 300 on us, Carson threw for 300 on us, Rivers threw for 300, everybody throws for 300 yards on the Steelers. We have the worst yards. Um, I just think so if, the just, C, if the C was going to part, it would have parted by yeah. now. Yeah. You know? So that's who we are. I mean, that's what we should expect in the playoffs. And even against a good quarterback, maybe even more. But our offense is going to be good enough, and our defense is going to be good enough, meaning our defense is going to make that big play, interception, fumble, or something in the game to to change the momentum or turn the tide. So that's what we need to count on. I think so. I, I, I can buy that. I think if, if you're watching the Steelers, the way to watch this defense, look, every every Steeler fan wants to watch a certain style of Steeler defense, right, which is the dominating, rush the quarterback, making huge plays. You can't get a first down, stopping people on third down. You know, that's the traditional great, that's traditional NFL great defense, and it's been the traditional Steelers great defense. Um, this defense is different, right? I watch this defense differently, and, and, you know, I, I say this all the time, but it's yards, not points, right? The, the Steelers defense this year, I'm okay with giving up big yards. It's yards, not, if you're not giving, we're not giving up points, if we're whole, if, you know, you go 70 yards down the field and kick a field goal, I don't care, great, good job, you got 70 yards and three points. Um, that's that's how kind of how I watch it. That's how I grade this defense. When they start, you know, what worried me in the Seattle game, and it you know it came to bear, and and, and it was, 
you know, going if you go back now and you watch the New England game, it's the same way, right? Those games, it was yards and points, right? The New England went down every single time they got in the red zone. Boom, touchdown, boom, touchdown, boom. Seattle, same way. Boom, touchdown, boom, touchdown. Um, when those, those, that's what worries me, right? You know, those are the games that worry me. I'm not so worried, like when they get in the red zone, I'm not so worried. It's, it's when they score. That's when I start to go, eh, well, okay, this is, it's gonna be a track meet. But I will say this about the team, and one more thing I will say, I know I'm, I'm going on long here, but, uh, I will say this, we have not been blown out yet this year, which I think is a very, uh, good sign for this team, right? Is that no matter what, no matter how bad, even, even every single game that the defense has played poorly this year, there has been three legitimate, terrible defensive performances. New England, Seattle, Oakland. We were in all three games at the end. All three games we were in, uh, in the fourth quarter. And I think that that does, I think that that speaks to where this team is, um, that we will be in every game in the playoffs as well. Should we make it, I guess. Well, it's the offense that's gotta have to, you know, it has to carry the, the defense. It has to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because there, there's, there's quarterbacks that do well against the Steelers that aren't even that good a quarterback. Um, so it's not like, oh, you're, you know, you're looking at the best quarterbacks in the league. You're looking at, you know, mediocre quarterbacks that have, that have pretty good success against the Steelers defense. Um, uh, you know, so, uh, in any case, uh, the defense is much better than we ever expected it to be. It's got the beginnings of a, of a, of a good defense. Um, I don't think it's a good defense yet. I think it will be. Um, but they got, they got some, I said earlier, it's the secondary. They've got to, they've got to do something with the secondary. They got to invest in it some more. Yeah, the well, we'll have to talk during. I mean, the the, the Senquez injury and the Cortez injury. Like, what do we do with those guys next year? That'll be an offseason. But I agree, the the secondary is where all the draft picks should go. All right, let's talk. Let's talk playoff picture real quick. Um, because we won again, we are not going to Fantasy Island. Uh, but I do want to start this playoff talk by saying one thing. And I'm getting, I'm just so tired. Hearing, and I, I said this last week and I'm going to say it again. I'm so tired about hearing about how the Steelers are out of the playoffs right now. Well, they're out. You know, they don't, they're out right now. If the playoffs started today, the Steelers would not make it. I've just heard this a billion times. And what ends up happening is that trickles into, oh, well, the Steelers don't control their own destiny, which is horseshit. Steelers do control their own destiny. Uh, just like last week, nothing has changed. Steelers went out, beat Denver. If they beat Baltimore, if they beat Cleveland, they will make the playoffs no matter what. Jets can win out. The Chiefs can win out. Everyone can win out. We're fine. We're in. Uh, so the playoff scenario there is pretty easy. If you win, you're in. And nothing's really changed from last week. The Jets won again. Um, we need the Jets to lose to the Patriots. If the Jets lose to the Patriots, we can lose a game, and then we're fine. Um, and that that's the point right there is uh, who did, the Jets have the Cowboys next week. So mm-hmm. if they lose to the Cowboys and we lose a game, then I think they have us. They have us, right. They're, they're, they still need to lose to the Patriots. They need to lose an AFC game, basically. Yes. yes. Um, so we need, yeah, you need them to lose to the Patriots. Uh, that's their, that's, you know, they, they have a couple tough games left. Um, there's, uh, the Bills they still have left on their schedule, and they have the Patriots left on their schedule. Um, and at Dallas. And then at Dallas, yeah. So the Dallas yeah. game doesn't matter. The, the Bills and, and Patriots games kind of matter. But again, this is all, this is, this is if this, this is considered if, if the Steelers lose. Right. Yeah. Um, now let's get to the fun part. Let's get to how the hell can the Steelers win the division, and it's not actually that crazy. Yeah, let's do it, because there's not – I mean, I, why don't you just say, hey, could this happen, and then we'll check them off as you go, you know, the games that we need. Right. 
Because I don't think they're too far-fetched. They're not. Let's go okay, through that. Steelers beat the Broncos this week. Pretty easy, right? We you think know, that, can that, that can happen? That can happen. Yeah, right? I mean, I feel pretty confident in that one. Okay, A.J. McCarron can go to San Francisco and win. He wins. Let's say he wins. Let's say he goes there and he wins. He's successful in his first outing. Congratulations, A.J. McCarron. You're, you're great. You win. Congratulations. All right, that's week 15. Week I got 16. the playoff machine up, by the way. I'm doing this as you go, yeah. so go ahead. Week 16, the Steelers go to Baltimore. I mean, it's a semi-revenge game, although it's, it's we're playing, like, the the C squad against the Ravens. Um, okay, so Steelers go to Baltimore and win. Not a yeah, not a far-fetched scenario. I mean, division game rivalry, but they just don't have enough firepower to hang with us. Then, uh, on Monday Night Football... Wait, on that week... Um, oh, yeah, go ahead. Monday That's Night it. Football... The A.J. McCarron-led Cincinnati Bengals now have to go into Denver, the best defense in football. Denver will be coming off of a loss. They're kind of fighting for their playoff lives. Now they're 10-4 at this point. Uh, they absolutely need a win. Maybe Peyton comes back to this game. You never know. But let's say Denver wins that game. I don't think that's out of the question. It's in Denver. It's Monday Night Football. It's Marvin Lewis who can't win in primetime. Uh, I think that's a that's a win for Denver. Almost no, no question about yeah, it. Yeah, that's not far-fetched. Not far-fetched. All right, week 17. Here we go. This is it. This is where it gets a little shaky. <laughs> the Steelers have to and, go to and, Cleveland. But these are the facts going into the games. Right. Right? Yes. So you're going to say, Here we go. everyone's going to know this in advance. This is a scenario that could happen, so yes. pressure's on. So go now if we go into Week 17, and the, the division, the AFC North, is very much in the air. This is it. If the Steelers beat the Browns and the Ravens beat the Bengals, the Pittsburgh Steelers are your AFC North champion. That is it. Boom, boom. If if the scenario plays out like we just thought, like we just said, Steelers win against Denver and Baltimore, Bengals win against San Francisco and then lose to Denver, now we go into this last week, boom, boom. If the Steelers beat the Browns, Bengals lose to the Ravens, which I, listen, I know everyone, it's like, hey, this is kind of a crazy scenario. I agree. But that is... But that's the pressure. A.J. McCarron and that whole team and the Marvin Lewis, they're all going to be under pressure. They have to beat a division rival who they don't have any firepower, the Ravens, in their home stadium, but the pressure's on. Because if they don't do it, they will lose the division. They lose the division. Steelers get a home game. And they will most likely, uh, just if we're going over playoff scenarios as far as who they will play, uh, because Kansas City refuses to lose even though they can't, it doesn't, I don't understand their team, um, we will probably end up playing Kansas City in the event that we win the division. If we don't yeah. win the division, if we... Wait, can, I, can I go with the scenario if we win the division and two more things happen that are a little bit far-fetched? They're not that far-fetched. I know what you're going to so, say, but go ahead. They're not that far-fetched. Okay. So the first one is on the last week of the season, if the Oakland Raiders beat the Kansas City Chiefs, that would drop them to 10-6. and six. Right. And uh, and then they, they would not win the division. But then we would also need the San Diego Chargers to beat the Denver Broncos in Denver. Which division team? So that's kind of far fetched because the oh, I see. the Chargers are playing really bad. And what that would do is the uh, the Broncos would still win the division at eleven five because the Chiefs would be ten and six, and the Steelers and Broncos would be tied at eleven and five, and the Steelers would get a bye week <laughs> at right. second I seed. Forgot the bye if you just scenario. pile on those two games onto our previous <laughs> oh, division scenario, we could be the second seed. That is a, I don't think there's any way we could be the number one. No, we cannot because New England already has 11 wins and we lose the tiebreaker with them. Oh, wait. Wait. Because it's a three-way tie with Denver. New England beat Denver. No, Denver beat New England. New England beat us. We beat Denver, which means you cannot break it by head-to-head. 
because it's a, it's a three-way. How many wins does New England have right now? They have 11? So it will be an 11-11-11. Oh, so right, let's see what happens. Mike and I have to do some investigative journalism real Joe, quick. Joe just filibuster <laughs> for a bit here. <laughs> As we go through, up. how can the Steelers get home field advantage? <laughs> no, go ahead. You guys work on it. I'll get oh, some. Oh, by the way, the scenario involves the Tennessee Titans beating New England this week. Hey, only on the Steeler podcast can, uh, you know, we could be on the outside looking in, but still looking at how we can get home field advantage. Wait, so Wait. The, the tiebreaker, okay, so I think the ESPN machine is wrong here. Because it says it, that the tiebreakers work, okay, New England still gets it, and it, it works like this. So, so New England beats the tiebreaker over Pittsburgh by a head-to-head, and then they win the tiebreaker over Denver by win percentage in conference games. I don't think that's how tiebreaking works. Well, how can they break us on a tiebreaker, like on a head-to-head? Because yeah, I think head-to-head should only come in if all three teams have played each other. Right. So did New England play Denver? They did not. New England and Denver played. Denver beat them. But Denver beat New England. New England beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh beat... Denver, so you throw it off head to head, I think. You throw okay, too much time on this. Yeah, it's out there, though. All right, it's it's a possibility. Whatever, it's a possibility. We can get the bye week. All right, the more the my, my favorite one. I thought this is where you were going. Is uh, let's say Kansas City. Let's change it back. Kansas City wins out. They go eleven and five. We go eleven and five. Let's say Denver doesn't lose to San Diego, so they go twelve and four. Cool, right? Now right. let's just say the Jets. The Jets beat the Cowboys this week. They're bad. They're a bad football team. Um, and let's say, you know what, the one I'm going to throw out there that's kind of a weird one, but this is a home game for the Jets, and the Jets are playing really well right now. They're fighting for their playoff lives. They know if the Steelers win out, they have to keep pace. Um, let's say the Jets beat, let's say the Jets beat New England, in New, and, and this is in New York. It's a division game. It could happen, right? Now, here's what happens going into week 17. Not only are the Cincinnati Bengals fighting for the division against the Baltimore Ravens, they're fighting for the playoffs in that spot. Because if, if the Jets win out, and the Chiefs win out, and the Steelers win out, and the Bengals cannot win a game with A.J. Dalton or A.J. McCarron, they will miss the playoffs. 10-6 and six for the Bengals does not guarantee them anything if the Jets, Kansas City, and Steelers all win out. And uh, none of those teams have tough schedules. I mean, well, it, it, it does depend on the Jets. The Jets have to beat Patriots. That's the one that's crazy. Cincinnati has to lose three. Cincinnati has to lose all three, right? They lose to San Francisco this week. They go to the West. AJ McCarron's yeah. first game. They lose. Okay. Then the rest. I mean, you know, a loss in in San Francisco is a five turnover type of thing, right? Right. Right. I mean, it's just every time he throws to throw the ball, somebody just. Like, it's, uh, I don't I mean, know. San Francisco's I mean, not terrible, right? They're, yeah, they're, they're getting a little better. They, are. they were terrible like four weeks ago. They've gotten a little better. Uh, that probably won't, let, let's go back to, not the more likely, but, um, what, what happens if, if we don't win the division? And okay. This, so uh, not, yeah, the not the winning Bengals the division. Win, Bengals beat the Ravens in the last game. Bengals beat the Ravens, right. So the, the most likely, uh, scenario here that happens then is an 11 and 5 Steeler team would then play, um, a 12 and 4 Cincinnati team in Cincinnati. We would go back to Cincinnati. We would do the rematch. Yeah, I mean, you got to like that, right? Yeah, we would be the sixth seed at that point because we lost it. We lose the tiebreaker over Kansas City head to head because of uh, the, the you know the game in game, the the no Ben game, um, the Landry game, and so oh, they, so uh, yeah, we would be the sixth seed, which means that if we did beat Cincinnati, we would go straight to New England. Do not pass go. 
You go right. straight to New England for the divisional round. But the interesting thing, this is actually even more interesting. Not, not, I mean, I guess, I don't know why. I mean, we, we could play New England. We could beat New England, but I always look for ways to avoid New England, right? Just because of history. Sure. I can't stand them. So anyway, if, uh, if the Raiders beat the Chiefs in the last game of the season, which could, in my could mind, happen. could happen, that would put Pittsburgh at the five seed and then we're at Indianapolis or whoever wins or, that. Yeah, or Houston. Division. Yeah. Houston or even maybe Jacksonville. And then, uh. Um, Jacksonville doesn't win any tiebreakers, so they need a very specific scenario to happen. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. So, but the Chiefs would be the sixth seed, and they could go into Baltimore, I mean, into Cincinnati, and could beat them because of, if Cincinnati doesn't have their starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. And therefore, uh, that would put the Chiefs playing New England in the second round, and the Steelers, if they beat the Colts, playing the Broncos in the second round. So. Yep, yep. Yeah, we could get a home field game if the Chiefs actually went on and beat the Patriots. Oh, I like the sneaky. I don't want. See, I want to. So, I want to beat New England in the playoffs. I have this. Yeah. I have this dream. The dream scenario, which is the revenge. Hey, remember when you played us in week one? Haha, <laughs> we're back. Uh, is it true in two thousand five, eight, and ten the Steelers did not have to beat the Patriots in we didn't, the playoffs? We never beat the Patriots in the playoffs. Not since yeah. nineteen ninety. No, nineteen ninety six. We lost to them. So yeah, that's probably why I want to avoid them. Just too many bad memories. I mean, never. I mean, your season ends with the with the Patriots beating you. I don't like that. But you're right. We need to uh, we need to beat them in the playoffs. No, you gotta get that monkey off your back. And this is the team. Look, this is the team. This is. The but one. only on only on Steeler podcasts will you hear how the Steelers could be the number one seed, or how you can have the have the Steelers could be the number five seed and still have an AFC Championship home game. <laughs> only on Steeler podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for me, you know, I'm a very vengeful person, and revenge is, um, you know. What did Ricardo Montalban say about it? Star Trek to dish best served cold. That wasn't him, though. That was, um, who said that? Milton? Anyhow, uh, it doesn't matter who said it. Um, so the, the, the dream playoff route for me would include, uh, the Chiefs and also the, um, the Patriots. Two of the teams that the Steelers lost. That they, yeah, they lost to. Now, if we win the division, it's very likely, like I said, we play the Chiefs. If we win the, if we end up winning the division. It is likely we play the Chiefs. That is the way, and then and then we would be the three seed, which means we would then go to Denver. Um, so it would be the Chiefs, Denver, New England. Chiefs, Denver, New England. Yeah. Interesting. It also sets up a very you know the you you have those um, worst case scenario playoff matches uh, like the, the that first weekend when you have like the the crappy the crappy wild card or the crappy division winner, and you have like the the crap scenario. You could end up with a with an uh, AJ McCarron led Cincinnati Bengals playing a like Matt Hasselbeck led Indianapolis Colts or TJ yeah. Yates led Houston Texans. That would um, definitely be the Saturday afternoon game. Yeah, that would be the no thank you game for sure. All right, let's talk about Denver. Best defense in the NFL. They have been all year. Uh, they have not allowed 30 points against them at all. The Steelers have scored 30 points in the last since Ben's injury. Well, since the game after Ben's injury, after the Cincinnati loss. 30 points a game in a roll. Bang, bang, bang. No one has scored 30 against New England or against Denver. So, I guess we'll just throw this out there right now. Are we scoring 30 against Denver this week? Can I give you my, my cynical Joe answer? Yes. It's really just. I wouldn't, a, I wouldn't want it any other way. It's such a troll answer. I shouldn't even say it. Uh, it depends on how they call the game. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. 
I'm going to say you to go with that. Yeah. I'm going to say definitely. I mean, I think the Steelers feel like they left a lot of points on the field against Cincinnati. They're they're ready to break out. They have so many weapons. They're going to be at home, and uh, they they know what well, we know that the division really is back in play. They know they have to win to basically uh, you know clinch the playoff berth. Um, like you said, they control their own destiny. I think they're going to come out on fire, and I think that they're going to have a lot of opportunities on offense because I don't think Osweiler is going to light him up like some of these other quarterbacks. I think that he'll have a decent game, but he's not going to light him up. Osweiler so we'll have a lot of chances. Osweiler hasn't scored a touchdown since week one of last week. That whole offense hasn't scored a touchdown since since quarter one, quarter one of last week. Um, they have been dormant for seven quarters. They scored 12 points this week. They had – this is a team that lost a game in which their defense held the opposing offense to negative 11 yards in the first half. Negative 11 in the first what half. What was the score in the first half? 12 nothing. They had the game in control. Negative 11 total yards. That's Negative what you're 11 total yards. Man. And then, whoosh, they lose 15 to 12. Uh, Osweiler takes a ton of sacks. The thing you need to know about Osweiler, he takes, he likes to hold on to the ball for a long, long time. So if I'm, if I'm, uh, Mike Tomlin, I'm gonna, I'm transforming into Bill Cower, and I'm getting in front of my linebacking core, and I'm telling them one thing, Rush the quarterback. Greg Lloyd style. Rush the quarterback. Uh, the, the Broncos have been a terrible running team all year. The Steelers are, I believe, still top five against the run. Um, you know, the Broncos live and die by their defense. They live and die by being opportunistic on their defense. They have uh, a ton of turnovers this year or takeaways this year. They also have a ton of turnovers. I sent you guys that stat about Manny. He still leads the league in NFL, um, in, in interceptions. Um, so you know they, their ratio is out of whack, but they they are opportunistic and and I you know this is another one that I, you know I'm going to be a broken record in this podcast every time we do these predictions. But the key to this game for me, don't turn the ball over. If we don't turn the ball over, we win. If we start turning the ball over, if there's weird fumbles, if there's weird interceptions, if guys are slipping in their routes and we're throwing stupid stupid things, we're going to lose. If this looks like the Seahawks game, then fine, we lose. But anything other than that, I agree with you, Mike. I think we're throwing up thirty. I don't think there's any way Osweiler's throwing 30 on us. Um, I think we win this game, and then all of a sudden we're the – we win this game. The media is just going to lose their collective minds about the Steelers. Um, they're going to go nuts. And and uh, conversely, though, if we lose this game, I kind of want to lose. There's like a sneaky part of me that wants to lose because I like to go into the playoffs under the radar. And if we lose this game, then all the hype goes away. And then you start to hear this other narrative about the Steelers, which is going to be like, well – who have they really beaten? You know, they beat A.J. McCarron. They beat the Colts, who lost to the Jaguars by 40. You know, they beat the Raiders, who were terrible. Uh, they beat the Browns. Like, who have they even beaten? And they don't have no quality wins other than the Cardinals. Um, so that would be an interesting storyline if we lost this game, because then we do get to go into the playoffs under the radar. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to roll them. I think so, too. And... Um... I just think that it's going to be a complete game from the offense. I think we're going to go for two at some point and get that eight-point touchdown. And uh, I think they'll have some big plays. They have some decent players in Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, he's come back to Pittsburgh. And uh, Thomas, they'll have some big success – or they'll have some success on defense, but not a lot. So I, I'm going to go ahead with the score prediction right off the bat here and say the Steelers 32, the Broncos 24. Ooh, 24. 
Interesting. Any surprise that that uh, the the uh, you know Manning was always saying this was Manning has the rumor has been that Manning, this was the game Manning was saying he wanted to come back for. Um, any surprise that, that there is basically no talk this week of Manning coming back? Zero talk. Is he is he definitely ruled out? Because I thought on Monday they said that that was the first time that he didn't name a starting quarterback. Right. Not named a starter, but they're not saying it's going to be Peyton. Peyton hasn't practiced. There's nothing. No talk of Manning. There's just they just are trying to play coy with it. As far as not naming a starter. Oh, but I think they did. Didn't they say earlier today that Brock is definitely playing? I I did read earlier today. I mean, I got to believe that. But to me, that's the only thing that I would be worried about. And I know you're going to laugh at this. But, yeah, Peyton comes back and he has, you know, one of his Peyton Manning days. And it's it's just one of those games. You know, the Brady come back in the first game of this, of this season. Mm-hmm. Tim Tebow game. Things like that. That happens to the Steelers sometimes. So that's what I would be worried about is, they, is Manning coming back and having a coming out party. That you don't have to worry about it. They did announce just an hour ago. They announced that um, Manning will practice this week, but he will not play. It will be Osweiler. I, I think that's smart on their part, anyway. I think so. Too. William Gay, although William Gay could get you know he could use another pick six. <laughs> oh, Osweiler. You go ahead, Osweiler. Listen, Osweiler. Osweiler is right for the taking. Thirty-two twenty-four. Thirty-two twenty-four. I'm gonna go. Take it to the bank. I'm gonna go. I don't. I think we're gonna score thirty. I think we're gonna score. 31. I'm going to say we score 31. I'm going to say 31 to 31 to 15. I'll give them I'll give them five field goals. Yards not points. What do you think, Joe? I think uh this is going to be a very disappointing week for you, Tony. Uh-oh. What happened? Well, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. So, I think the Steelers last week played the toughest defense Steeler-wise, not the best defense in the NFL, but in terms of a defense that understands the Steelers' offense, understands, knows the Steelers better than any other competitive team in the league, um, I think they came out with the, and executed on the on the the Steelers' offense a game plan that was more sound based on Steelers' tendencies, understanding what Roethlisberger likes to do, having faced him twice a year for his whole career. Um, and Marvin Lewis has basically been facing Ben Roethlisberger for his entire tenure with um, the Bengals. Um, that was a good game plan. We talked about it earlier. I don't think there's another team, another defense in the league that can do that. Um, uh, I, I just don't. I, you know, we'll go back on on Seattle. I, don't, I think the Seattle game was more about my underestimating Russell Wilson, and I admitted that on this podcast, and I. I have a new respect for Russell Wilson after that game uh, because I think he was the difference in that game, not the de- not the Seattle defense. Um, but in the, but uh, so so the Steelers the Steelers are going to be at home this week. Um, they they are going to be facing um, a, a team that has basically no offense. There's nothing to fear from their offense, um, even against the Steelers' suspect secondary. Uh, I think that I think the Steelers' offense is going to explode on on the Broncos this week. I think this game is going to be out of hand in the first half. Um, it is going to be a laugh fest by halftime. Um, you're saying you're saying blowout? You going blowout, pretty? Big, big gigantic blowout. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is when the offense is going to put up in the fifties somewhere. Um, and I, I don't think it's going to be the twenty twenty something points. It may get to twenty something points because the Steelers are playing. You know, an entire half of football in a prevent mode. Um, so Wait, which part of this makes to... me sad? I'm waiting for the part that makes me sad. 
I'm getting there. Oh, no. I'm getting there. Uh, and so, no, and I really believe this is going to happen. Uh, it definitely, it, it, it certainly could happen. You never know what's going to happen when you start snapping footballs on a Sunday Where's afternoon. Going with I don't this? know. He's going to predict some weird injury and I'm not going to like it. No, 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 that's not it at all. You meant, you actually spoke about this. Oh, we're going to be the darlings. I got it. The, the Steelers are going to be catapulted oh. to the top of everybody. When you turn on sports media Monday, the lead stories are going to be the first thing we're going to talk about Steelers. How did they do that to the Broncos? What does this mean? And it's just going to be like, uh, how, where does this offense rank in the history of offenses? And does Tom Brady even matter anymore? And, you know, although they'll never yeah. say that. But, uh, all, all that shit. Yeah, that is the darkest timeline. I will say that. I'd rather lose close. I'd rather lose like 34, 31. Uh, they'll still like us if we lose close. Yeah, but I think you gotta, I think you gotta win like, uh, 15 to 14. Or 13 to 12. Any, any, no, any, I think, well, yeah, if we, if we blow them out, I mean, then, then it is, it's just, the hype fest is just gonna be too much to handle. Um, I'd like to score like, uh, six touchdowns and one field goal. And, and score 51 points, meaning all two-point conversions. <laughs> okay, that. so that's funny you said that because I was going to just predict a score of 56 to 10. Oh, okay. damn. That's pretty low. Maybe maybe 13 or 16 or 17. I don't know, but 56. And the 56, you would think, oh, they scored eight touchdowns. No, they scored seven touchdowns seven. and ah. seven two-point conversions. Sorry, I took your thunder there, but that's good. No, that was perfect, though. Either way. So we're we're all thinking the same way. They'll never go. They will never do that. Of course, no, they'll, yeah, they'll yeah. do well, one, two. They would never know. run. They will never run seven two point conversions. Yeah, it, would, it would be it would be coaching malpractice to go for seven. Yeah, really. That's be like, true. Why would you do that three weeks before the playoffs? Are yeah, start? save them. Unless you're running up with the a, middle with a of giant it. lead. They really, and by rights, they shouldn't do any. They'll do one. It'll be eight nothing, and then it'll go. You know, from there. So they'll probably end up instead of fifty one. It'll be. It'll be uh, 52 or something. Yeah. I, I mean, if we score 50 this week, yeah, you can't contain my excitement. Sorry, but I'm going to. Well, and then the comparisons will come to how do they do it to – how did the Broncos do it to, to Brady and then they couldn't do it to the Steelers. And right. All that. It, it will, will be talked about as the greatest offense of all time. We'll have uh, six weeks. We'll be up there, yeah. Yeah, because think about, think about the games this year. Okay, Patriots, no, we score 21. 49ers, we score 43, then Ben gets hurt. So from then on, can't count it. Yeah. After Ben's injury, 38, 30, 30, 45, 33. If we score 50, I mean... But I think the Rams, didn't the Rams, and uh the Rams and someone else had like over 10 games of 30 points or more. Yeah. It was the Chiefs. The Chiefs like a 94, something like that. I saw a stat. It was, a weird, it was some mediocre team that you wouldn't think would have a record like that. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll and then maybe the record Ben's injury yeah. will have... Benjamin Jewell killed any any chance at a record. Um, yeah, but you know, in in games in which Ben started, uh, we will have only not we will have scored thirty in every one but a three because of the Rams game. Actually, this is a little bit of a concern. Is the uh, is the offensive line basically in all these games that Ben's putting up the points and and being the maestro, the quarterback? I mean, he's got time to throw, and so if if there's any Issues with the offensive line. So is Villanueva going to come back? He's back. Oh, he's back. He, he was. He, he was. Uh, they said illness during the game, which is pretty messed up because it was actually he was under concussion protocol, and they said injury. I don't like these teams like hiding the fact that the guy has a concussion. Maybe they're doing it so the other team doesn't target him. But I mean, like, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, huh. But yeah, he is playing. So you didn't let me uh, finish my my um, 
comparison between how the Steelers do it versus how the now I'll just give you a preview of where I'll go with it should it materialize okay and that is you know how do they do it to Brady and they couldn't do it to the Steelers and you know it's because the and the Bengals you know know the Steelers so well and the Broncos really don't they don't really have a rivalry much with the Steelers there hasn't been a lot of intersections there um and just Tebow but but there's been a lot of intersections um with the with the the Patriots so the Broncos you know they know that whole that whole Belichick thing very well, and that would be the conventional wisdom. Of course, the the other the other answer to that question, the other thing that no one considers, talks about out loud, is that you know, the the Patriots organization is uh, they're known they have that big giant asterisk next to their next to their really their their helmet. They shouldn't be the Patriots anymore. They should just be the asterisk. What was the, the asterisk? asterisk? Wait, what's the that asterisk? Giant, about? The giant asterisk. asterisk. On their, what is an asterisk? Yeah, what, no, what's it in, I don't know what, it, what is it in reference to? What does it refer to? Yeah. You don't know? Yeah, I'm not. Well, you'll have to look it up. Why, <laughs> would, why would there be an asterisk beside the Patriots name in this point in, during this era, um, in history? Yeah, I can't. So they're really, I'm they're, their helmet, their helmet, they more than one remove asterisk. that Patriot guy with his I hat. I like this. And they should put an asterisk on their helmet. That should just be their, that should be their logo. Okay. I like that. And so they're under all this scrutiny this year, so they can't be out filming practices and stealing books and, you know, so so that may have something to do, even though no one wants to admit it, something to do with the unbelievable lack of success that the Patriots had against the Broncos when in, when in all of the other outings they had tremendous success against the Broncos. And all of a sudden now under this tremendous scrutiny, they have no, no success. And so we'll see what happens uh, going forward with the Steelers, who the Patriots have also had a history, a long history of, of uh, using as a doormat uh, uh, to wipe their feet on on their way to the next Super Bowl. Hey, you know, I, I like the asterisk for the logo, but if you want to be a little more subtle about it, you could take the little Patriot guy and uh, just make his eye a little asterisk. You know, or doesn't he have a star? Don't they have like a star on their... On the forehead? On the forehead. Maybe. That, it just is an yeah. asterisk. Actually, if you look at it, if you, if you <laughs> look at the logo, it kind of is an asterisk. <laughs> I like it. It's like, it's like they were, you know, it's premeditated. Um, I think I think they're the asterisks now. Yeah. We have the Cleveland Dogs and the New England asterisks. You know, uh, just to, if we're talking about them, we need to do Dree Archer watch because it happened again today, guys. I don't know if you guys were watching the uh, sports media today, but another close one. The Patriots had another running back hurt. They worked out some running backs. I don't know if Dree Archer was one of them, but they did not sign him. I heard they signed Monte Ball. And Monte Ball instead. So we've avoided Dree Archer. Dree Archer watch week. Whatever the hell this is. 14. No Dre Archer on the Patriots. They do have Monty Ball, though. Monty Ball, uh, if those of you don't know who Monty Ball is, he was a terrible, terrible running back on Denver. Uh, and he was a first-round pick who got cut like two years in because of how bad he was. Same draft as Le'Veon. Interesting. In fact, I thought, uh, I thought the Steelers took Monte Ball when they said Le'Veon Bell. I mixed the two of them up. Um, and I was kind of sad because Monte Ball, I didn't think he was going to make it in the NFL. And it turns out he kind of didn't. So that's who the Patriots have. I, I'm not really worried about that. I, I, it's it's exciting that the Patriots have so many injuries this year. Um, it's exciting. Yeah, because you know why? That's because funny. they always get, you know, they, they're the luck team. They're, they're the team yeah. that, you know, if you watch them, uh, you know, more often than not, they have some weird luck things happen to them this year. Eh, maybe not so much. So, I'm not saying I'm not wishing injury on them. I'm just saying it's interesting. It's exciting. 
Like the uh, they're being brought back down to earth. Yes, yes. Yep, I get it. Uh, okay, I do want to talk real quick around the NFL stuff. I really only want to talk about one thing because there's really only one topic around the NFL, and that is the Carolina Panthers. Uh, are they going undefeated this year? It seems like they're going undefeated this year, and I don't think anybody's stopping them. I'm talking about regular season. I think that, uh, you know how when a team's undefeated, everyone likes to pick out, oh, they're going to lose to this team coming up. And I did that against the Saints, and it, it didn't happen because I thought it was a division home game you know, for the Saints. And, uh, you know, sneaky. You know, there's going to be some sneaky team like that. But they do play the Giants next week, and the Giants are one of those teams that, you know, when Eli's hot and Odell Beckham's playing like he played last night, you never know what could happen. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Giants beat him. This is a very dangerous – this is the most dangerous game left. I agree, but – I agree it's possible. I I, I don't think it's going to yeah. happen, though. I think the Panthers are on I mean, a weird roll right now. Yeah, they're a better team, but it wouldn't surprise me if Eli and company got hot for one game. Although I do enjoy that this like all like they're thirteen and zero, and all of a sudden you have the media going, "Are they good?" I like this "Are they good?" articles because it's like all of a, they're so good now that they start ripping them down. So there, there's these articles. I mean, it's true they haven't really beaten anybody this year, but you know they beat their their three quote unquote quality wins are Seahawks when they were bad, Packers when they were bad, Colts when they were bad. Um, That's their three quality wins. That's what you got for them. Yeah, do they have wow. another one? No, we, we, we went through this on the we went through this yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, a couple weeks Last ago week. we did this. Yeah. They, yeah. they literally could be the good bad team. Yeah. It's the sixteen and zero good bad team. I'll tell you what, they get into the playoffs. I'm not. I, I'm not picking them to go through the well, NFC. In a, in a year, we'll there's out. only there's only ten competitive teams, and there are twenty two teams that are really not competitive. It's not hard to draw a sixteen game schedule with that kind of ratio right. and not hit anybody, especially when t- ten of the good teams. You know, only only got hot in the right. second they, half. They went through lulls, yeah. And with doormats earlier in the season. Carolina was lucky to get Green Bay and Seattle when they did. Like, if, if Carolina's playing Seattle this week, Seattle yeah. whoops on them. And they didn't have to play Arizona. I mean, they that's a team that's Arizona. been... That's really the only team in the NFC, them and Carolina, who have been good the entire season. Right. Right? So right. they, so they might, they might make the regular season undefeated, which would not be unprecedented because the Patriots did it a few years ago. Um... But uh, and and ironically, the Giants could be the ones that may stop them. But the, so there's three games left, and whatever, whoever those three teams are, one of them we know is the Giants, a team that definitely could beat anybody on any given Sunday. Um, they they um they're gonna they're going to get. It's the one thing that happens is they're on everyone's radar now. There's no denying it anymore. Um, they're they're just they're so close to this thing. They get everybody's best shot, and and. You know, football more than any other sport. We've we've said this uh, uh, countless times. It's an emotional game that you can you can play up for. You can play better than you normally play. You can you can. It's just because it's so physical that your emotion can go into that physicality and and drive it to a new level. Um, so all the coaches, all the players, everybody. There's just a there's a buzz around any game that 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 those guys are going to play in now uh, and their opponent is going to play better in that game against them, try harder in that game against them than they've tried in any of the previous uh, 12 games that have been played this year. Uh, so, so you know, if they if they make it, and I'm not saying they can't, because they're they're good enough really to beat the three teams. I know we went through this already, and I remember saying, well, I don't really see anybody on there right. that's definitely going to beat them. It's um, Atlanta and Tampa, the other two. Atlanta and yeah, Tampa. so, I mean, you know, Atlanta is like, the, the real, truly the biggest joke team maybe in the whole NFL. Right. Um, and certainly in the NFC. 
and uh and Tampa Bay, you know, they they could they could you know you could have a funny thing happen on the way to the bay, but um maybe but really the Giants game is the one. If they beat the Giants most likely, but still those other two teams are going to come and they're and they're going to know what's in. It's their Super Bowl. They're playing in their playoff game. They're playing in their Super Bowl. This is this is it. If we get this, we get one of the best wins of the year. We beat these guys. So yeah, it makes it very hard to get there. And I think Carolina, given their lack of quality wins in the year, they're very suspect heading into the playoffs. And, and they're they're going to run into the good teams in the NFC. There there are some, and you know you're going to have to play good football to beat them. Right. I mean, I think this is a, given even odds. Would if you were given even odds to bet on this, would you rather take the Panthers or the field? In the playoffs. In the playoffs? Oh, I thought in you meant going defeated. In okay. the NFC. Uh, I take the field. Yeah, you take the field. Yeah. The field, yeah. I think that yeah. says, I think yeah. a lot about where Carolina is. Hey, this, this is interesting. I was going to ask this question. Do you think that they're going to rest Cam Newton and, and the gang basically in the last two games because they don't need the two games? But when I look at it, if the Cardinals went out, they're going to go 14-2. Right, right. I didn't really look at their schedule. But – this playoff machine says if the Panthers lose two and they're all NFC games, so any yeah. two would probably yeah, because Arizona lost to us. Yeah, so basically they lose home home field if they lose two games. Now there's only three left, but right. let's say they lose to the Giants, then the pressure's on. I mean, then they have to play for home field. Right. Although uh, Zona does have Seattle left. Oh, that's the last game of the that's season the last game too. Of the season, yeah. That'll be it. Although you know it, what's what's interesting about that game is is I Seattle might be. Seattle might, Seattle might have nothing to play for in that game. Uh, Seattle cannot true. win the division anymore. Yeah. I believe Arizona has wrapped up the division. Actually, Arizona Seattle will sit their guys if that's the case because they're scared. <laughs> they know Arizona can take them. Yeah, well, they don't want to. They don't, yeah, and they don't want to show them. They don't want to show them anything. Yeah, you sure yeah. they don't want to show them anything. Yeah. But the Arizona has at the Eagles and then um, Green Bay at home and Seattle at home. Yeah, Zona schedule. It's tough is schedule. Yeah. But they're good enough to win those games. Yeah, yeah. Did they go to Green Bay? Uh, no, it's home. Oh, it's home. Yeah, they have home home for Seattle, home for Green Bay. Well, I mean, that's you know, it's favorable home away at least. So the last game of the season is division games. I thought the last two are division, but only some of them are division. Some are, some aren't. Yeah. But the last game is definitely all division. Yeah. yeah. Is there okay? So here's okay. One last thing. I know we got to go in like ten minutes, but uh, one last thing. So let's look at week seventeen and predict what game. Because you know the NFL always does that thing in week seventeen where they flex. In fact, they uh, they flex the Steelers out of a Sunday night game in Week 16. But Week 17, what game? That's the Ravens' fault. You can't just say a thing like that on a Steelers podcast and not point out that it's because it's the Ravens. Oh, Ravens. The Ra- oh so, yeah, it's totally the Ravens' fault. Yeah. Not compa- so Steelers Ravens is getting flexed out because the Ravens can't compete. Is anybody surprised by this? I'm not surprised. So you, okay, so week seventeen, you have some interesting matchups. Week seventeen, but you got to figure playoff. It's always a game that is playoff implications, win and get in, right? Well, now, they're going to make the night game. The night game. Yeah, this is what they're making the night. There game. There will be one night game. Okay. Right. So you have. We've already talked about the fact that Ravens Bengals. I think if if it comes down to Ravens Bengals being the win the division or not, then I think that they just make that game the night game. I think it's pretty simple for them at that point, because that's that becomes very interesting for uh, for Cincinnati. Otherwise, the other games that are, you know, potential playoff games are uh, Redskins-Cowboys, although, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, there's Redskins-Cowboys and Eagles-Giants, and Eagles-Giants could be just straight up who wins the division, who goes home. Um, it's going to probably be one of those, I think. Yeah. And then you also, but you also have Vikings-Packers, could be a, could be a for the division game. 
uh, depending on what happens yeah. with those two teams. Although I think I think the Vikings are starting to fall. That off. could be that could be winner wins the division, right? Yeah, yeah. Winner. So, win, I think both teams are going to make the playoffs, but winner, yeah, winner of that game gets uh, the division. Then you also have Seattle and Arizona. We talked about that one. Uh, but that, and that if that one has seeding implications, I mean that's the best matchup. It's the best but matchup. But then again, like, I, I, I like you said, yeah, Seattle has to play though. Yeah, I don't think they put that in because just because seeding is not as fun as win and get in. Well, they're going to be tempted to go with the Giants and the Eagles because that's a giant northeastern market. So uh-huh. they're just going to see what you did you there. Know, I think that's. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't even mean to. Uh, it's it really it's they're just so tempted by that. They always put those games on uh, because there's so many people. So if it's one of those two teams is going to win the division, I, I, I just think it goes by default. And even though the best matchup is really the most interesting matchup is not that because who cares? Whoever wins the game is going to go next week and lose. It's the right to lose to Seattle in the playoffs. Is that whoever right? wins that game. Yeah. So if, if there's something, if there's some meaning for both teams in the, in the Seattle and Arizona game, that's the most exciting matchup for anybody to watch. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, you know, actually, no, we can't leave. I'm sorry. We cannot leave the podcast yet. Uh, we have not made a automobile metaphor for the offense. Can't leave the podcast without it. I was trying to think this week of like, you know, because the the Bengals did so much chirping. It's like, you know, I was trying to make like a drag racing kind of metaphor here. Like, you know, they, you know, they're the asshole that pulls up in the Mustang. Like, rawr, 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 you know, they're making all the noise, and you know, Steelers, uh, are, you yeah. know, Steelers yeah. sitting there in their Lambo, like, hey man, listen, I don't want to hear about your stupid ass Mustang. I don't care. I'm driving a Lambo, idiot. Yeah, I think that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. that's good. That's good. That's it. See you. Okay. All right. All right. That's going to do it for Steeler Country this week. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. The website, SteelerCountryPodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook.com slash SteelerCountryPodcast, Twitter.com slash SteelerCountry. Uh, or you can subscribe to us on YouTube where we do this thing live every Tuesday night uh, between 7 and 8 o'clock is when we start. Uh, that's uh, YouTube.com. Slash C slash Steeler Country Net or something. I don't know. Just search for Steeler Country on YouTube. You'll find us. Uh, thank you all for listening. We will see you next week.